Comrades one and all, it is Wednesday, June 24th, 2020, and welcome to episode 36 of Heel Alternative, the interim official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. Heck of a show for y'all tonight, folks. It's... I mean, I guess we said last week more on these stories that they develop, and boy, they sure have developed, so it's time to do a sequel, y'all! So let's get right on into it. I am your host, John Gerexky Maxwell, joined, of course, by Oscar Bernard. Hey. And Trace Evans. Everything is bad. Everything is real bad. Twitch is bad. Video games are bad. Other games are bad. We're not streaming on Twitch this week because there is a Twitch blackout going on Wednesday. And, yeah, nobody should be streaming on Twitch at this point. Send a message for them to actually maybe do something for once with their goddamn platform. Especially now that they're the only ones left. Yeah, now that they've, you know, killed Mixer and it's not like people are going to go to Facebook gaming. Like, no, they have a fucking moral responsibility to do stuff about the fucking fact that they have a ton of fucking serial abusers and harassers on their fucking channel. Yep, but, they, and... but now that they're the only game in town, they don't have a financial incentive to do so. Yeah, true. Isn't capitalism yeah, I great? I love capitalism. I just I'm so close to bugging out. I mean, if the if these numbers for the for the COVID stuff to keep going up, like we might just have to. It's fucking cra- like it's fucking crazy to be thinking about the fact that literally, like my fucking governor was talking today about, like, yeah, we're gonna like fucking quarantine a bunch of other states so if you live in these states you can't come here which is like the right option given y'all are finally starting to get it under control yeah my, true my city opened up uh, the two they opened up Yorkdale and the Eaton Center today which are one and two of the busiest malls in the country and would you believe that they were packed and no one was wearing masks. Wow, I can't this, believe it. This is just the most infuriating thing. It's like, it's the easiest god dang thing to do. Y'all don't walk fast enough anyways. I can tell because I walk fast and y'all are too slow for me. It's not going to take much oxygen out of you to, you know, maybe put a mask over yourselves. You're not exerting that much. Trust me. I know. You're not going to be wearing the mask for that long anyway. You're going to be out Man, for like, what, an hour person- at most? Yeah, if you're the exactly. kind of person that medically can't wear a mask, why are you going to the busiest shopping mall in Canada? Exactly. Surely you're immunocompromised. Yep, and that's the last place you should be. Precisely. There's no uh... logic to this or anything, but I mean, hey, why expect like the people in charge to fucking start now? Especially when you look at the people in charge of wrestling, and boy, they just keep making the greatest decisions. As it turns out, our uh, our hockey walls and comprehensive testing kind of have had some holes in them. But we did such a good job of making sure that the talent stayed far away from the the performance center recruits in the audience here please don't comes pay any attention smoke. to the street profits here comes a smoke into the crowd hugging holy old man yeah oh, here's dominic mysterio just hanging out being cool i can't believe dominic mysterio died on the way back to his home planet i can i can god damn it 
so let's start with our first topic here. As we discussed last week, WWE had a uh, person test positive for uh, coronavirus that was last seen at the Performance Center on June 9th. They since began doing a bunch of testing, but also insisting, hey, we're still going to tape a bunch of shit uh, because, yo, we got to get that hashtag content, y'all. Earlier today, ProWrestling.Sheet broke that WWE has had multiple positive coronavirus tests, including one person that is an in-ring talent. Yikes. Yep. Who could have seen this coming? And in the hours since then, it's just gotten even worse, as, you know, many of the other reporting outlets have gotten in on this and uh, figured out some other stuff here. So... Here's a I got a list here from uh, Cage Side Seats po- posted a uh, just a kind of rundown of like what a bunch of people are saying and I'd like to read you some stats here, please. So apparently, one source told PW Insider that the number of positives is in the two dozen range, with wrestlers, Christ. production personnel, and office staff among that number. So it could be anywhere, literally yep. anywhere. That's Insider also said. That, like, some talent continue to be unhappy with WWE's handling of the situation. Uh, they say, quote, there's a feeling that there should have been more care expressed to those, those uh, traveling and working for WWE in the pandemic. And, you know, all of this has only been compounded now that, you know, there's a likelihood that they've exposed, not only exposed themselves to the virus, but exposed their family members that they brought it, potentially brought it home to. Yep. And some of those people are not spring chickens. Yep. Like, let's remember here, Ric Flair was on fucking Raw this week. Yep. Yeah. And he's, like, not in a position where he can take any sort of illness. Like, remember, that dude basically was near death a year or two yep. back. Mm-hmm. So, Wrestling Observer's reporting that, like, the positives include at least one person, if not more, who are supposed to work the SmackDown and Raw tapings that they have scheduled. And that apparently uh, uh, PW Insider has also said that SmackDown's going to need to be rewritten because of this. So that basically means whoever was the in-ring talent that got infected, if it's at least one, someone who was going to work a major angle on SmackDown, great. Potentially. Or, you know, just work any angle on SmackDown. But kind of burying the lead here, which is to say that, yeah, there's still a plan to tape this weekend. Well, that gets right to WWE's statement about this, which is probably the most infuriating part about any of it. Uh, Yeah, do you have the statement in front of you? I I don't don't have the statement ready. I don't either. But basically, it's like we're doing comprehensive testing of everybody involved in production. It, It just stops there. Like, it's more confident to say, we're testing this person, this person, you know, all these people around. But it's just saying we're testing them. That's all they're saying. They're not saying, we're going to do more to quarantine. We're just going to do more testing. Great. Yep. You should have done that all along. I actually have the statement now in front of me. WWE will continue COVID-19 testing of its talent, production crew, and employees in advance of TV productions for the foreseeable future. Wow, thanks. That's... Fucking it. Like, that's that should have been the bare minimum from day one that you knew this was going on. The bare minimum. How reassuring to tell us this. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Look, we're going to do good now. We swear. Yeah, it's like, 
you weren't doing good before, that means, and it also means you don't really have much of a plan for when your entire goddamn locker room gets infected with the stuff, and some of them probably are going to be retired permanently as a result. Way to go, assholes. Well, hey, actually, they do have a plan, Trace, I'll have you know. Oh, uh, Fightful they? has uh, reported that apparently uh, they're not going to have friends and family at the next taping like oh. they had planned to. Wow. Oh, good. So that's being safe. Sounds like they're still going to have the performance center recruits, but, you know, they're being safe. Seriously. They're and also... Yeah. And also the Observer is reporting that now the talent is, quote, expected to isolate. Okay, so that's great. Great for workouts, great for trying to stay in performance mode, trying to, you know, make that next big step up. Yeah, they're they're all going to die, aren't they? Yeah, they're not going to do shit. They're just going to keep going, all right, well, show's got to go on. If people got sick, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all tough it out because that's the machismo of the locker room and having to be somebody at that caliber of talent. You know, and rest in peace, Ailey. Yep. Show's got to continue. We're got to make these shows. We got to keep doing programming because Fox and NBC and USA want it. Yep. And it's like, I mean, it's all around. Like, this is not just ever to be a problem. It's the fact that the networks are desperate content and that almost gets into the other promotion that ain't doing the right shit about this yep because meanwhile aew has also had a bit of a scare because john moxley was supposed to be on the episode tonight uh he was supposed to have a match i'm assuming that he was going to have the match that uh, brian cage had against uh joe john cruz whatever john cruz yeah and Uh, yeah instead though he was not there because he was potentially exposed. We don't know how, but I, you know, I have to assume that considering that, like, there's a fear of exposure at WWE and considering that Renee was on the most recent SmackDown. Yeah, it's probably one her. would assume that probably there's some fear that his wife may have brought it home. Yep, which is totally fair. Like, yeah. isolate, don't come back until two weeks from now for your quote unquote Fighter Fest match. Have fun with that. Meanwhile, uh, QT Marshall, apparently, uh, has also been exposed uh, via people outside of the industry, apparently. But, again, he was not a dynamite. Right, which worries me, though, because, like, when was he exposed between shows? Did he deal with any wrestlers before then or after then? Hopefully not. I'm hoping they're still doing just enough, but boy, howdy if they're not. Great time to have Lumberjack matches and a lot more crowd people there than you've ever had at Dynamite. Yeah, and if if this is going to be, if this is going to blow up and it's going to turn out that they didn't do enough, like, you know, it's kind of like y'all said, like we said in private earlier, it's going to make those comments that JR was making about their testing and all this stuff and all the, the COVID comments he was making earlier, it's going to make them look real hollow. No yep. one treats their athletes better than all elite wrestling. I can think of a couple companies. Yeah, I was going to say Ring of Honor or New Japan. I like a word. Hell, I can think of just like other companies that have athletes that are treating their athletes better. That too. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it was, you know, we'll get to it, but let's not give Ring of Honor too much credit here. Oh, no, no. It's like there, there's a little bit of a, another thing that maybe we can talk about them that yeah, coronavirus, okay, you're probably doing okay. Other stuff. Yeah, you did well. Work in progress. Major yeah, other fucking stuff, progress. You're still Ring of Honor shit. Yeah, you're still St. Clair. It's time to get into it. I think so. Like the coronavirus stuff, I don't know if there's anything more I can say about it. Oscar, you got any thoughts? Look, all of Ring of Honor's contacts with the coronavirus have been consensual and legal. Son of a bitch. He's starting it more already. The, He's turning. More on this story is the shotgun. Because, I mean, God knows that there's going to be another update next week. Yep. Like, I've been watching the New York Times coverage of stats of coronavirus, like, on a daily or twice a day basis. And it is getting scary out there, folks. Like, if if you don't need to be told already, it is not getting better. Fucking don't go outside at all if you don't have to. Stay the fuck home. Yep. I'm not even thinking, like... Don't even go for groceries if you have to. Get them delivered. Just yeah, every, trust us on this. Everyone is doing either delivery or curbside. You do not have to interact mm-hmm. with people. Right. And I feel for the people who have to interact with others to get that stuff done and to you. Yeah. But by the same token, like, don't put yourself in a situation where you have to deal with idiots who don't understand how to treat themselves properly. Yes. Which would be- and again, the, the million-dollar question, I think, is going to be... When is it going to be AEW's time? Because it's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess the legitimate. question is, mm-hmm. if Moxley is asymptomatic, and he comes back, and he has that match at Fighter Fest, because it's in two weeks, which is the minimum amount of time for it to even show up on a fucking test. I actually think it might be closer to... It's not the minimum, I think, but it's like five days is the average for test. Then 14 is the max, but... I mean... Um, regardless, though, I kind of am with you, though. I see, like, Fighter Fest is maybe being, like, the quote-unquote season finale of AEW before shit gets real bad, potentially. Yeah. There is a future Dark Side of the Ring potentially about Fighter Fest 2020. Yes, 100%. I just hope kept that... that name, guys. No, it was a harbinger. <laughs> Jesus, that name was cursed what in so many does ways. Ja Rule have to say about the coronavirus? That's not Ja Rule. You picked I feel there. like That's... Ja Rule would say wear a fucking mask. <laughs> would he? And also rip off some rich kids for a mask. <laughs> That's ja Rule. You can give him a cheese sandwich instead. <laughs> Shut up! Eat your cheese sandwich. Stop coughing. What is, what does Jaw Rule have to say about the prospect of Fifty Cent wearing a mask? He's not a, uh, he's not in favor of that. <laughs> you know this. Do you even have to ask? Just breathe. All right. I know. I know. We're trying to avoid this, but yeah, we are. We do need to follow up on the second topic from last week. So, of course, as we discussed, uh, allegations surfaced last Wednesday about former PWC uh, favorite David Starr, who has been revealed to be an absolute piece of shit. Fucking even 
since all of the fucking stuff happened and his like dog shit apology that he did and then of course fucking deleting fucking everything off of the internet like more videos more texts more stories have come out like we've seen you know oscar you've shown us videos of him fucking like saying homophobic shit and and telling women to like suck his dick in the ring we've heard about emails like apparently like the story of him sending emails to wwe begging to sign him for nxt uk which hey wow that that really makes your uh, your indie thing uh and you're you're caring about the union stuff uh, yeah huh yeah it's you interesting because that means jordan devlin was right all along you know you're a piece up. of shit when you're begging to be on nxt uk yeah yeah, the show no one watches, and you're so fucking desperate for any kind of exposure that you're sending fucking people e- emails begging them, and then when you don't get it, you're like, well, whatever, like, we need a union, we need to be in- independent, we need we the independent, because you want to make it about yourself. He's yeah. taking a good cause, and he's championing it as his own because he's one of those, he's a fucking leech. There's no other way to put it. Yep. But the worst part is that he is far from the only leech. And on Thursday, the fucking floodgates opened. And, you know, there's nothing else to say other than just the fucking, the speaking out hashtag has just blown up and given us so many fucking horrifying, heart-wrenching, absolutely abysmal fucking stories of abuse, of rape, of horrible fucking acts committed by people in this fucking industry. It is... I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. I really don't. It's the culture of, of wrestling that we thought had maybe changed from the good old boys club of the 80s has maybe in fact gotten worse and more underhandedly toxic. And I hate to use that word because it's so overused, but... Legitimately, I don't know of an, word. Yeah, I don't know of another word to really describe how bad this is. This is a case where you're basically you should wipe out half of wrestling at this point. I think it is become so clear how endemic and ingrained in every single facet of the industry this rampant abuse and preying upon people. And using people for your own benefit, like, it's just become so evident how just accepted this has been in the business for so fucking long. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the horrible yeah. thing here, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here, and I don't, like, clearly I'm, I do not mean to make this about myself, because... This is about the fucking people that have been hurt. This is about making sure that these people are fucking heard. These people are fucking protected. That the people that fucking have done these things are fucking excised from this industry post-haste. And that we can fucking improve and make things better. But I read all this shit and it just makes me so fucking angry. And it makes me so angry because it just makes you feel fucking stupid. Yeah. It makes you feel fucking stupid that you could look at all this shit and not fucking see it for yourself. It makes you feel so fucking stupid to think about the fact that, like, 
there's a fu- that one of the wrestlers whose whole fucking gimmick is basically being a complete and utter creep who does weird non-consensual shit of fucking making people touch his dick and making people fucking and like touching people's breasts and all this shit and you go well i mean he's doing it as a performance so clearly it has to be consensual right and then shock it's not and you go how fucking stupid am I that I just fucking watched this for so long and I just thought, this has to be okay, right? How fucking stupid could I be to fucking, like, give this a pass for so long thinking that, like, the people that were doing it were fucking pure of intention when clearly, like, all it took was just fucking one an incident for everything to fucking come out. And the problem is, of course, that we're not stupid. These people did it intentionally. These people are manipulators. These people are liars. These people have done so much shit to protect themselves. Like, with the shit about Joey Ryan and, like, the thing that I've read here that, like, really stands out to me is just when Candace's statement came out, of course, Candace LeRae, like, one of Joey Ryan's best friends, they were a longtime tag teams on the indies, and she had absolutely no idea of any of this mm-hmm. and she just posted a statement just i am heartbroken and i'm devastated and i believe every single person and i thank you all for speaking out about this but it's just like when you read it and it's just just reading all the response of just like you know people wondering it's like how could she have not known and then yeah. just remembering that like People that are like this do a good fucking job of making sure that they can do things like have character witnesses. Yep. That they make sure that they have certain people that they can use as a fucking alibi. Mm-hmm. That's what he did to Candice LeRae. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm sure he did to a whole bunch of other people. You know, just not the 17 fucking people that have come out and fucking said that he fucking abused them thing we got to remember with all this i think it's really important is the people that are being revealed now speaking out are the ones who are really really deceptive about this bullshit because the ones who aren't deceptive the ones who are forthright about this the ones who are so blatant about this get caught immediately and they're kicked right out and they're the ones they're the bad ones we caught them throughout and meanwhile the actual bad ones the actual manipulative fucks that continue to fester in this industry have basically all the reason for people to think they're the good guys now and write this narrative of well you know yeah we do the dirty stuff in the ring but backstage we must be the clean guys right it's it's the clean guys you gotta be worried about those are probably ones that are real dirty backstage and the amount of them as well and Mm -hmm. this isn't just limited to wrestling you see this a lot but like Mm -hmm. your david stars your joey ryan's how they very much use this facade of woke feminism as almost, I guess, a way to get heat off of them. Yeah, unfortunately. And it's like, it does a disservice for something that's legitimately a good cause and at the same time just savaging it down because it's the easiest way for them to hide. It's Machiavellian at its best. Um, Like, the damage that this is going to do... Again, not to take this away from the victims again, but like the damage that something like David Starr, the fact that now anytime someone earnestly tries to bring up the idea of unionization in wrestling, it will get turned into, 
well, look at the last guy that was vocal about that. Why should we listen to you? I mean, no, it, it, that's exactly another part that they have completely ruined with their abuses. It's not, it's, it's victimization of like both good concepts and good people that have been ruined by these fuckers. Yeah. Like, and, and I just think of one in particular that we're definitely going to be talking about in a bit. For but, sure. It, it's like, this is super frustrating on so many levels, and but it's important, I think, to keep in mind, like, yes, it was right in front of our faces the whole time, but again, if they were bad at hiding it, we would have found out years and years ago. They know what they're doing, and that's the worst, most evil part of it all. Yep. And it's why the fact that all these people have come forward to to, to speak their truth and, like, bring this shit to light is so fucking moving and so fucking important because yes. these people have been allowed to entrench themselves for so long and get away with this stuff for so long because they've been so smart about it because mm-hmm. they've been able to pr- give themselves shields and plausible deniability at every single turn and it needs to fucking end yes th- this if we can get as much of this as possible out now. Like, this is the moment. Like, you cannot find, I think, a better moment in the history of the world to excise all this when everybody kind of needs to be on hiatus anyways because there's a fucking pandemic going around. Like, what better way to return as potentially clean as you can possibly return to a wrestling industry and say, this is... I don't want to say corrected because there's probably someone else out there still sneaking under the radar. There are still stories out there that have not been told. But hopefully it comes back a lot cleaner and that the people out there that remain will be confident enough and encouraging enough and not manipulative in any way to harm another human being that we can start getting the final few stories out and start cleaning up this entire industry. Hopefully. I... Don't know if it's actually going to happen, but this is a time for it. We can only hope. Yeah. So let's go so, through the list here. We're not going to go through the entire list of all yeah. of the people that have been accused of things. It is innumerable. It is, like, would involve us basically talking about, like, half of the, the Brit rest scene. Yeah. That, honestly, I don't know a lot about, so, you know... But I think that the best way to do this is we're going to talk about a bunch of companies, like a bunch of well-known companies here. And we're going to talk about, I feel like we're going to talk about them in the, what I feel is the people that have had the best responses to all this versus the people that have had the worst responses to all this. Totally fair. So I think that the best place to start then is one that genuinely surprises me, MLW. So, as part of this, Mark Allen Haggerty, who, for those that don't know, he is a very, he is a prominent uh, ring announcer on the indies. He uh, he was recently signed to MLW in December for the Opera Cup. He's done a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of in, the, like, the East Coast area. Um, he's He actually, I he was ring announcing at the Capitol Wrestling Show that I went to in uh, December of last year. But... It came out that he had been sending inappropriate texts to a 15-year-old. Cool. MLW 
released him on Saturday. Uh, Haggerty has not released any statement uh, in defense of himself, although he has deleted fucking everything off of the internet. His <clears throat> entire social media presence is gone, so I feel like that says everything you really need to know. Sure does. ML credit, to their credit, uh, MLW to their credit, they released him on Sunday. Uh, they, they put out just a one-sentence statement saying Mark Howard, Alan Haggerty has been released. Court Bauer has been also incredibly vocal on Twitter, supporting people that have been speaking out. And his response when people have asked him has just been straight up that if any single talent is accused that is signed to MLW is accused of anything, they will be investigated. And if it's true, they're gone. Zero tolerance. As it should be. And Good on him thankfully, for that. there's only been the one. And, you know, I, I will say that I I have always really liked Mark Allen Haggerty, so th- I'm very upset about this. But the MLW has made the absolute right decisions in all of this. And I think that the way that they've handled this is exactly what needs to be done. They have been clear, they have been forceful, and they have said, we will not tolerate any of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the kind of strong statement that needs to be happening. And it's exactly, and it's very meaningful that it is coming directly from the head of the company. Right. There's no hiding behind it. He's just flat out. This is the kind of honesty we need from any company that's trying to tackle this properly. Yeah. And we've not seen nearly enough of it. Yeah. Good on you, Court Bauer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that, a company that I'm uh, actually am su- kind of surprised to say I think is the second best handling of this is the NWA. And yeah. this one is actually kind of brutal in a way because. Oh, so much. So <clears throat> Dave Longana, the the VP of, of NWA and the person who is basically responsible for the entire look of and feel of that company. He is apparently from everything I've heard, he and Nick Aldis are pretty much like the two people that run the entire production and like look and feel of every single thing that this, that NWA does. Well, I remember he was brought in basically by Billy Corgan to be the expert. You know, Billy Corgan has the money. Dave Langana has the brains. Yep. Well, As part of these accusations, uh, a woman that had been friends with Lagana for four years uh, before an incident accused him of assaulting her while she was living at his house. Jesus. Dave Lagana was... Well, he's now trying to to fight it. He's now trying to argue that this didn't happen and he's defending himself, although as... You have both pointed out to me, uh, he was previously fired from WWE, apparently for sexual harassment. So not a very credible, you know, story here, I'd say. Yeah, if you got a history of it, then sorry, but they're going to err on the side of the person who is the victim here. Regardless, though, NWA, the next day, he was accused on Thursday. On Friday, NWA announced that he was resigning effective immediately and that he would be gone. And that, as a result, the entire organization of the company was going to need to be restructured. Yep. It is is also... 
there is also some stories uh, out there that apparently, as part of this, Corgan has basically said that anyone that wants to be released from their contract can be done, can be gone. And yeah. we did see a little bit of that fallout, like, pretty early on. Like, Ricky Starks, who wasn't, I think, officially signed with them at that point, but he quickly moved on to AEW. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... Now, the talks that Ricky Starks had signed with AEW, do those rumors have been going around before all this happened? Yeah, to be fair, that's maybe a bit time before this, but like, you think you're going to see more of that because, like you were alluding to, uh, John, this, is, um, this basically means all the Carnyland uh, content is frozen for a good long time until restructuring is done because that was Lingana's thing. So now, with that, they don't have anything left. There's a part of me that hopes that, yes, it was all Langana's thing, but now the wheels have been put in place, and just through the power of osmosis, these people know what they're doing, and they can just keep doing it, but... And, as we, and we have heard that Nick Aldis has been very involved in the production as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Which hopefully maybe, can be. Yeah, like maybe Aldis has picked up a lot of things. Maybe he really can step up and and take more of a take more of an office role in addition to being the fucking top star. Basically, the only star at this point. I hate to say it. I mean, it's it's true. Like you know, it's the I mean, thing. There's... NWA kind of is Nick Aldis at this point, and in a lot of ways, it always was. But yeah. and I mean, yeah, they if got it's... Willie Mack, they got uh, Sienna, people like that. But they got Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens, yeah, in question mark. But I still fucking love what Aaron's the weird shit Aaron Stevens is doing. It's really good, and it sucks that this could potentially do away with it under no fault of his own. Like yeah. I know that I know that liking NWA hasn't been the most popular thing on this website, but I did really like the product that NWA was putting out. Mm-hmm. On the one hand. I'm personally relieved that I didn't join their Patreon because, you know, but on the other hand, it's like, I'm, the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm worried about is that if they lose more talent, if, and I, I wouldn't blame Corgan at all for just at this point thinking, what the fuck am I doing pouring all of my money into this? I'm going to run out of cash you know, Dave Langana, and and I think because Dave Langana was such a visible face of NWA as well, like, you know, when you think about in less than a year, the two biggest, like, backstage fate names they had were Langana and Cornette, mm-hmm. and how it's very much publicly imploded for a lot of the public-facing people that you would associate with nwa let's be fair for one second though there's a reason he had lagana and Cornette for nwa which wasn't much else at this point because they weren't going anywhere else no but also Langana and Cornette say what you will about them especially there's a lot you can say about jim Cornette, but jim Cornette also and we will def- mm-hmm. definitely jim Cornette definitely has the feel of what the sound and the type of announcer that fits in perfectly with the aesthetic of NWA. 
Oh, for sure. From 100%. an outsider's perspective, like Billy Corgan is, he is a logical get. Yeah, absolutely. I don't deny that for one minute, but I, the problem is, is he comes with a lot of baggage. Like, you can have yes. a bunch of talent, but it doesn't matter if you're uh, trying to force people into sleeping with your wife for some weird reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and that is ultimately the problem that I think is, you know, that, that might just do them in is that, like, they had to get who they could get. And that mm-hmm. ended up meaning they had a lot of people with a lot of baggage. So they, you know, they were paying Dave Longana. They were paying Bram. Yep. I mean, hell, even they had a working relationship with Marty Skrull. Yep, they sure did. Like, Ring of Honor seemed like it was going to be a big working relationship for them. And whether, you know, already, sure, that was derailed by COVID. But at the Marty Skrull connection, I'm sure that there was the Mar- I'm sure that they knew Skrull from fucking All In. And AEW wasn't going to partner up with them for for one reason or another. They just don't need to. Exactly. I think that's the main thing is don't need to. And almost gets me back to the point I was saying a couple months back when we were talking about like the life of all these different leagues and organizations. I think the NWA may have to look into that whole idea of just being the history of the belts and traveling the belts around if they want to survive, which means they will not be a functional organization. Yeah. Which sucks. At this, but point, all that sa- at this point, I'm just glad, and I'm... My fear is, and I hope it doesn't happen, that Corgan doesn't just think, you know what, I bet Vince McMahon probably would love to own the NWA logos and would pay me a decent amount for them. I don't think he's that desperate yet, and it seems like he would have done that already if he had had the chance. But I bet you there's... It it pains me to think that Vince McMahon is probably thinking... Hey, I could get this NWA shit. I could just own the last piece of wrestling history I need. Alternative take on this. Cody's thinking the same thing. Yep. But can Cody outbid Vince? Cody has Conrad on his side, so probably not, but he is going to try if he has that opportunity. Regardless, though, if this is the way that NWA goes out, like, they are going out in the right way doing the right thing yes like they may have fucked their company with this decision that they've made but it was the decision they had to make yes absolutely and when we talk about people that had to make decisions and seemingly have made the right ones we then move on to progress who admittedly has made a lot of the wrong decisions oh they sure have because as all of this was coming out, of course, they've had a bunch of talent that they have worked with over the years that have all been implicated in a lot of things. A bunch of people that we're, of course, going to talk about and people that we have talked about, like David Starr. But in addition to that, we have, like, Paz, who is apparently one of their big referees, was assaulting women. Oh, yeah. Scotty Davis, who is one of their tag team champions. Mm-hmm. was uh, implicated in things. And then there's all of the people that we'll get to when we talk about WWE who yep. have and to you know to progress his credit 
they first announced on on Friday that a bunch of people will be gone. So Paz, David Starr, and two other people are no longer going to be ever appearing in progress under any circumstances. They're tag team champions, Scotty Davis, and another person that we will be discussing in WWE. They've both been suspended indefinitely, and the tag titles are vacated. So they're not fired, you know, pending their investigations, but they are not going to be seen for a while. Then on Monday, Progress announced that a whole bunch of changes were happening to the management. So John Briley, who is the co one of the co-founders with uh, with Jim Smallman and like the still the owner, he's stepping down. Uh, he's got some kind of health issue, and so he's going to not be involved in the day to day of the company anymore. He's still an owner. He's still the shareholder, but he's going to have apparently no say in what happens with the company. Glenn Robinson and Matt Richards, who were the two people that had been running progress and apparently had been implicated, not in necessarily doing anything, but in doing nothing of having heard the stories before and hearing some of the the complaints of their talent of people like Jimmy Havoc and, and other people and just doing nothing about it. They are both apparently gone and will have no involvement in progress in any shape or form whatsoever. Good financial management otherwise they are done and they also announced the new uh, new management team of james amner vicky haskins uh michael oku and lucy cave and having seen all that i appreciate the fact they made it very clear who was taking over and i think it's going to be a good list from everything i've seen on twitter yep like it's it's hard to say Look, I feel like it's hard to say if progress is really going to be able to come back from this because it definitely does feel like progress was maybe starting to wind down, maybe not really able to keep things going with how the UK scene is really looking. Mm-hmm. But with and all of that lost... said... Mm-hmm. Go on, Sarah. They just lost no, their entire on. tape history to WWE. They sold it, didn't uh, they? Uh, did they? I thought... That, that was evolved. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I'm yeah, no, mixing but... up my But no. Yeah, it's like still it's like they're basically yeah, they've become the WWE plant. Yeah, progress yeah. is basically it's British evolve at this point. Okay. They're working the very similar Paul Heyman deal. Yeah, so at this point it's like they've if they're gonna do anything, it's gotta be a brand new chapter, basically take it like it's a brand new league that just came out of nowhere. Yep, and I think that if they're going to be able to pull that off, I think this is the way that they're going to do it. I definitely yep. do. Like, I think it remains to be seen if it's possible, if they can, if this, you know, if this team can really do it, if this team is really able to, like, take care of what seems to have been endemic issues in progress that, like, you know, as many people have pointed out, not us, uh, that, like, for a company that sold itself as the punk rock of wrestling... A lot of the stuff they did wasn't very punk rock. Nope, not at all. I mean, hey, it's like the actual British punk rock scene in the 70s. Yeah. Not wrong. But if there's a chance for them to move past this and be better, I think that this is the team that's going to do it. Best we can but, hope for. Be- the best we can hope for, but, you know, considering everything with COVID, it's all uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nothing more good to say about that, unfortunately, until we actually emerge on the other side. And good luck on you, UK. You've got a psychotic prime minister that's doesn't think six feet's, uh, you know, it's too far. Close them all in. Everybody, three feet now. I mean, be fine. Let's, let's not forget that part of the reason WWE didn't lay off or furlough any uh, NXT UK talent is very much because they were able to exploit the small business grants by keeping them on as employees. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, WWE. Making you employees when it's convenient. Yep. It's just what David Starr always wanted. God damn it. Boris Johnson of pro wrestling. He's really bad at Twitter. (laughs) Your favorite predator's favorite predator. (laughs) The scum in your coffee. (laughs) I hate this. Can we please talk about AEW now? Let's please talk AEW. I can't do any more of these. Because AEW has had two big accusations, definitely, that they've had to deal with. And oh, yes. they've had a decent, I'd say a decent response, at least one of them better than the other, let's say. The less good response, I think, is Jimmy Havoc, although their hands are definitely tied here. So Jimmy Havoc has been, uh, Jimmy Havoc has been accused of a lot of fucking shit, of Treating yes. a lot of his fucking partners very poorly and doing some real fucked up things. And one of those has been rape. Yes. Yeah. On there Friday, is... they announced mm-hmm. Go on. that yes. Jimmy Havoc has put himself into rehab to deal with his issues. Because he is also very much like, we definitely have heard the stories of him being an alcoholic and very violent and having a lot of like emotional issues. And so he Mm -hmm. has apparently checked himself into rehab and AEW says that they will reconsider. They will consider his employment status once he has completed his program. And admittedly, a good part of this is that since he is in Florida, if if you check yourself into rehab in Florida, you can't be fired. Wasn't well, that goddamn convenient? Huh. Yep. So it is one of those things where it could be it could be a matter it, we don't you know we don't know like it could be that AEW said you're going into rehab or we're going to fire you. It could be that he put he checked himself into rehab to not be fired. It's we don't know, but. What we do know is they they have said he is in rehab. We will evaluate him when he is out of rehab. Although frankly, I would not be surprised considering the things that have come out about him if once he is out of rehab, they still decide, you know, it's time to move on from you. Yeah, because the thing about a lot of these stories, too, is like when he's doing all this wretched shit, you know, rape, abuse, just monster stuff. There's also a lot of stories intertwined there about him just being emotionally harmful to himself and just a complete emotional mess. He has severe mental issues that have gone unchecked for very long. And I, mean, I, I think, you know, it's kind of the same thing with like the Joey Ryan thing where he made that into like, I feel like he made that a part of his character where it's like, yeah, I 
I need this is I wrestle because it's all I'm good it's all I'm able to do and I I torture myself and it, it's very much been a part of his story to the point where it's like when he gets out of rehab if he's really committed to it I feel like on the other side is a Jimmy Havoc that needs to find something else because a Jimmy Havoc at peace with himself is probably one that shouldn't be wrestling yeah and even given the other stuff coming out he shouldn't be wrestling anyways Yes, and I hate to yeah. say this also because I'm kind of leaning towards he'll probably exit rehab, be fired, and then rather than work on continuing to improve himself and get better, because again there is illness through a lot of what he's done, and not to diminish what has happened to the victims, but like seriously, just read the stories. There, he is not right. No, and, he is he is definitely unwell, and he clearly mm-hmm. has issues. And obviously, mm-hmm. like that's not that is not excuse anything he's done. Like as, as we said last week, there is no excuse for using your mental illness or or your traumas as a fucking excuse to hurt other people. Right. But that said, I but worry it is that very. Her... But it is very clear, as you said, just mm-hmm. from all the stories, listening to all these things, that like. He needs serious help, and yeah. admittedly, he's seemingly pushed away every single person that could possibly help him, except for maybe Tony Khan. Tony Khan, and yeah, I don't know about it. maybe Kip and Penelope are the last two that. So uh, my big concern here is that he doesn't really get any help from this. He just falls right back off into his self-deprecating world, and. A year or so down the line, we see him in New Japan as part of Suzuki Goon. And I don't even mean that as a joke. I literally mean I think that would probably be something he would do. Because Japan don't give a fuck, and he can look like a complete wretched piece of trash there, and it checks into his character. I bet you a lot of these guys, I hate to say it, wind up in Japan. I bet you fucking, like, Joey Ryan winds up in DDT or some shit. Yeah. Shit. He has good ties with DDT, too, so it's unfortunately very possible. And Jesus, that's just... It, it's it's fucking abysmal that... I have to say that, because... I, I, as someone who is a fan of Jimmy Havoc's wrestling, I will say right now, Jimmy Havoc should never wrestle again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, knowing again, where this all came from. Jimmy Having Havoc, seen him at a different... Mm-hmm, on, sorry. Jimmy Havoc in progress... Mm-hmm. One of my favorite heel title runs of all time. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree. Like, it, yeah. The, the, think, you know, again, it's it's like John was saying. The signs were all there about these mental problems and everything. Yeah. Because, again, he made that his character. Yep. Sure did. But sp- but speaking of abysmal, we do need mm-hmm. to talk about the thing that came out on Monday. Well, yeah, I mean, it was always out there, but with all this conversation, someone dig da- dug out an episode of the whole fucking show from 2016, which for those of y'all that haven't listened to it out there, they are another, yeah, they're another popular uh, wrestling podcast, a lot on YouTube. Uh, they are... They're very much the edgelord. They're basically the come town of wrestling podcasts. Yeah. They are edgelord as shit. 
they don't give a fuck. The the hosts make like jokes about fucking like domestic assault and shit. Like yeah. it is basically even with like the fact that like I know that they have chilled out a bit over the years, like they have always very much just been the we're just going to say a bunch of fucked up shit and play it off as we're being funny podcast. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the early 2000s kind of humor that seemed to be a real big thing for a while. Heads up to whitest kids you know and all that shit. And so it's I guess not that surprising that in 2016 Sammy Guevara was on this when he was still like an, an indie wrestler just like working the Texas scene and mm-hmm. uh he was interviewed here and he ta- he discussed how he was at a uh, WWE performance center tryout. And against all fucking logic, common sense, morality, anything, Sammy Guevara decided that it would be very funny to make a joke about how he wanted to rape Sasha Banks. Which, Which, again, is a kind of thing that I will say... I'm not surprised that a fucking 21, 22 year old would think is fucking is the fucking funny. And I'm not surprised that it would happen in this venue, which is a fucking show that, as I've said, like kind of thrives on being shitty and abhorrent in their humor. And so, of course, like they're going to let encourage their fucking guests to be that shitty and abhorrent. But also, what the fuck, Sammy? And even the fact that. You know, look, I'm not going to say that we don't make edgy humor sometimes on our various shows. Our mind, you know, your mind still has to, that still has to be, the rape joke has to be the first thing your mind goes to. Well. And it's just, and what's disturbing to me about it is it's not even just that, like, oh, he made a rape joke. It's just the fucking cavalierness that he says it with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the way he literally just says, like, oh, I saw Sasha Banks. I just wanted to rape that woman. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you sounded fucking excited to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, kind of the point I was poorly making is... Not to defend any any of it, but there's plenty of skeevy ways that you can say someone's really hot and beat and make shitty early 2000s edgelord humor. Yeah, if he had just said something really stupid like, I wanted to bend her over and have my way with her, well, you know, congratulations, you didn't say something as completely edgelordy. It's still fucked up beyond all means. Yeah. But... Yeah, like, if you... Like, if he said, I wanted to fuck that woman... Like, that would still be fucking creepy as shit and weird. Like, why are you just, like, fucking volunteering this info here on this fucking podcast? But, like, you're not fucking threatening a violent crime against someone. Yeah, when you say it the way he said it, it's like, that's something that, I'm sorry, you should have been bringing this up last year when you were signing with AEW as, hey... I did this fucked up thing way back when. We need to discuss this before I finish the paperwork so that we can get it out of the way and don't ever have to deal with it rising up later on. Which is much like what Scorpio Sky had to do when he tweeted out a homophobic remark many years before he signed with AEW. Mm-hmm. But Sammy didn't. And so guess what happened? This. Yep. And 
what happened is he uh, he apologized. He first he first he was very much not getting it and liking a bunch of tweets of people being like, "Whatever, man, it's a joke." Yeah, which was a bad look. Mm -hmm. But then he he did. uh, I will, to his credit, he did the right thing. Of he reached out to Sasha Banks personally and personally apologized to her. And and Sasha, you know, did not accept his apology. But that's that's fine. Like she has, she's not under no fucking obligation to. And. I mean, let's be honest, like, Sammy should not have been apologizing looking for some kind of forgiveness. Like, he should have been looking, going, apologizing to just come in hat in hand and be like, yes, I need to have this conversation about how I fucked up. And you, I need to fucking have this conversation here, which apparently he was given. And Sasha was very, you know, her statement on it was very fucking gracious, but also not taking any bullshit and was exactly what fucking needed to be said. Mm hmm. I mean, the last thing Sasha needs to say at this point is saying, oh, no, it's okay. It wasn't okay. And at no point should she, like, give any credit to a point of, like, no, you can just apologize and it all gets swept under the rug. No. Yep. And so, uh, in addition to that, AEW announced that Sammy is suspended without pay indefinitely. Uh, mm-hmm. He will also be conti- compete- bleh, completing sensitivity training uh, while he is... Uh, suspended his salary will be donated to a a women's shelter in jacksonville and uh in addition he also posted uh a vlog this week just be just basically saying hey no vlog this week just another apology and saying that he is going to be off of social media for a while while he works on himself yeah and also in there basically saying the me that was there four years ago is not the me i am today which yeah we know fucking show it now yeah which you know, I, I will say to Sammy's credit, like, for as badly as he fucked up, and he did badly fuck up, he is... Mm-hmm. While I will say that I, I did feel like you had a point there, Trace, of, like, I felt like there is a part in the apology video, like, even the apology video that he posted on on Tuesday, where he's just like, it just sucks, and just, like, you know, it's still, I still felt like there is a twinge of, like, Oh man, I'm getting in trouble for shit I did years ago that I don't even stand behind. Like, I felt yeah. like there's a little bit of a woe is me, which is not still not the right attitude to be having. But I also feel like I see Sammy trying to do the work and get to a place where he gets it. Yeah, and I hope that so he does. Honestly, like, yeah, my comments on video were basically, I think it should have been way more concise. My biggest issue with any apologies is when people start trying to turn into, like you said, the what was me, you know, I'm, I'm the one who you should have, you should feel sorry for me as well, or trying to turn around into excuses and stuff. And to his credit, like you said, the video mostly got to a decent apology. It kind of a little bit went off the rails at a few points where he probably should have just kept it tight, said his piece, admitted he fucked up and moved on. And he tried to kind of mansplaining a little bit of it away, I guess, so... Um, I, you know, it's better than most of these goddamn apology videos, and I'm not sure it's saying as much as it should be. And at the end of the day, like, the thing that I will say about this is that, like, while it is not great, it's like, 
I see him doing the work. I see him trying to do the work. I want to believe that he will come out better for this, and I definitely think that they are giving him the resources and the tools to do that. It's up to him to do it. And I also Mm -hmm. see this as, like, you know, at the end of the day, dude is still 26. Like, that's immature as fuck. Yes. Your brain doesn't stop stop developing until you turn 25. Yeah. Like, he's really, like, become... he's, He's really, like... In his first throes of really being an adult, getting in trouble for shit, he kind of, he said when he was still kind of a kid in a lot of ways. And, you know, again, 21, 22, that's fucking old enough to know that fucking Cavalier was saying, I wanted to rape that woman, is fucking awful. And what the fuck was he thinking? Yeah. Yeah, there's, this is, again, to say, saying this and, and saying all this is not a defense of anything he did. Like, no. he is getting the justified punishment for what happened to him. Mm-hmm. For what he did, but, rather. Yeah. I think he will bounce back. He's the one of everybody here who's going to have a chance to bounce back. That I think he will. I think he will be a future star still. But, holy shit, he is just taking a bit of a detour because of his fucking past. Where he just tried way too hard to fit in with something. Yep. And, in turn, showed his edgelordy shit side. Yep. But you know what? I think about it. I was thinking about it in the sense of like, I feel like this is a weird thing to fucking say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I was kind of thinking about it in the sense of Triple H, you know? When Triple H got punished for the curtain call, this feels like one of those things where it's just like, Sammy, you're going to have to eat shit and you're going to have to like it. Yep. And And the thing is... And if he's able to do that, I think that he will genuinely be a better person for it. I think his, yeah, and his re-debut is going to be a very hot re-debut if there's something to come back to. Yep. I mean, but, hell, mm-hmm. at this point, at this point, cynically, I'm thinking this is maybe just a good reason to keep him off TV until crowds are back so he can get a presumably either a pop or if people are still pissed off they'll just go with yeah well he's in the inner circle they're big heels yeah either way it's a great way like you said to keep him off storyline wise until they want to bring him back he he could be getting paid again as soon as next week and we would not know mm-hmm. indeed but while it's it's really easy to give AEW credit for how they've dealt with these two situations. And in fairness, they have dealt with these situations in in good and constructive ways. There's still the fact that there are some people on the roster that have had some accusations about them. Yes. And, you know, obviously for all of these things, we don't know the credibility of any single one of them. And I think for, for a lot of these, for at least two of these here, uh, Oscar put a third one here, but honestly, I'm not even going to include her because it's not like she's been around for a fucking while. Like, even when she was able to be on fucking uh, Dynamite, she really wasn't even there. But we'll get to her, Oscar. Don't worry. Right. However, someone has accused Justin Roberts of stuff. I don't... This I actually again, had not heard. Justin there Justin Roberts was named in one of the things I don't know you know there were a lot of there were a lot of names that were put out there and then pulled like a lot of people saying shit that wasn't really real like it sounds like maybe like 
people accused Trent Seven and those weren't real. People accused Mark Quinn and those weren't real. So Justin Roberts might be one of those, but I did see Justin Roberts on there. Okay. And another one that we saw was an anonymous one about an incident that happened with a WWE wrestler uh, in 2013 who is now on AEW. And obviously there's no name attached to it. They just, they were left anonymous because they didn't, you know, the person didn't want to name them. But it's very clear if you read it and the timeline of everything, it's very clearly Jake Hager. Yes. there. It's like the only other person could possibly be is Cody and he was already engaged, which would negate the whole thing about they were already married. Cody had not married at that point of this incident. So it's Jake Hager. AEW has done absolutely nothing about both. Right. And they're probably just going to sit in their hands so somebody flat out says it was Jake Hager that did this and then we'll see if they actually respond. But that's a really... That's a tough situation because they should know exactly who it is. They should be investigating this right damn now. And I don't think they are. Yep. But that's AEW. Let's let's continue on in people that have had good but not great responses to all of this with Impact. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Impact has Joey Ryan, who was doing his fucking cancel culture gimmick. Speaking of things where we should have fucking seen a red flag there. Yeah. They also had uh, Dave Christ, who was a, a trainer and, and a wrestler who had also apparently been abusing his trainees. Yeah, there's some really disgusting stuff coming out about Dave Christ, which like I don't even want to get into details of it other than the saying what I was reading was repulsive. Yeah, like top-notch repulsive for all the shit I've been reading through for some of this. Man's a motherfucking pedophile and needs to be in jail right now. Yes. A lot of these yeah. people need to be in jail right now, but instead, oh yeah. They they announced on Monday night that Joey Ryan and Dave Christ are fired. They're gone. Good. Good. Get off the island. Michael Elgin is also suspended because some more allegations came out about him. Which, but it still does beg the question, why the fuck did you fire hire him in the first place? You knew about this stuff. This is the reason he freaking ran away from New Japan. Like, among other reasons. But it's like, he was getting called out for the shit when he decided, oh, I'm not going to work in New Japan and ring on anymore. I'm going to go right over to uh, Impact and uh, hide over here with all the other people who have uh, scandals around them. Fucking hell, Michael Logan. And fucking hell, Impact. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, like, let's be honest here, Elgin probably gets to keep his job for now because he's still, he's fucking good friends with Don Callis. Sadly. And I hate that. As an aside for all of this, uh, Bar Wrestling, uh, Joey Ryan's company, is, is shut down. Good fucking riddance. Yeah, like, bye. Don't the look, venue that they were working just, with pretty much said, you will never do another show here ever again. 
Joey Ryan rightfully was like, all right, yeah, I, I gotta, I, well, who's going to want to work for me? I'm done. Yeah. They just get out of society. Oh, you mean go to DDT? Yeah, he's going to go to DDT. God damn it. Can't wait for Joey Ryan's penis to win the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship. I mean, he's already won it several times over, so his penis is just going to happen to get it one time. All right. Now we start to get into the bad responses. Oh, yeah. No, this is all terrible here. And we start with what is really fucking terrible, I think, is Chikara. Yeah. This the company huge bummer to find out. The company that has always yes, sold themselves on being family friendly. The company that has always sold themselves on being wrestling is for everyone. Wrestling can be anything and all these things and trying to like build an audience with like kids and women and like trying to be and you know, claiming to try to be a positive force in this fucking industry. I must be real, they were trying to be they were basically the forefront of comedy wrestling making it mainstream. They were. I showed a lot this. of people Chikara shit because it's the exact kind of thing that the people I know that don't really like wrestling were like, this shit's great. Think yeah, about this is where like, you... think about all the mm-hmm. people like that fucking Chikara gave us. Not just of comedy wrestling, but of just like fucking like skilled fantastic wrestling. We had the fucking kings of wrestling and fucking Chris Hero and, and Claudio Castagnoli, aka Cesaro. We had fucking yeah. Drew Gulak cut his teeth there. We had fucking Orange Cassidy come out of yes. this. We had the yeah. best friends do shit there. We had Ricochet. Yeah, Chuck Taylor was huge there. Ricochet, yes. And Ricochet was one of their big stars as Helios. We had the fucking Osirian Portal. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Chikara is one of those secretly, like, super fucking important parts of this business that, like, not a lot of people think about. And not, a, like, only, like, the real fucking indie heads, like, know who fucking Mike Quackenbush is. But, like, in a lot of ways, Mike Quackenbush was kind of a fucking, like, legend. He was, yeah, like... he was, like, the indie legend. The trainer. He the was trainer. Super- yeah, he was secretly one of the biggest players in this industry. To the point that, yeah, he was a fucking, like, he was a guest trainer many times at WWE. He was he was the person that helped fucking Alexa Bliss get back in the ring after fucking Ronda Rousey concussed her so many times. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that both Chikara and Wrestle Factory... His fucking training gym that was, you know, directly connected to Chikara, was, he was fucking using it as a way to fucking groom women and cheat on his wife and fucking sleep with his trainees. It just boggles my mind because, like, I don't follow a bunch of people who are, like, Chikara mainstays that kind of stayed around that area. But one guy that was, like, it's still big in the Kaiju Big Battle, which is a whole different spinoff, but same sort of comedy style wrestling. That and they definitely are connected. In... Like, yeah, they're definitely know, connected. They, yeah, they have the connection of Loud and Noxious. Like, literally, my my discovery of Chikara was because Chris Hero worked a couple Kaiju Big Battle shows. 
as like right. the, as like an as an invader of like yo fuck your fake ass wrestling. I'm a real wrestler from Chikara, which is real wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's like this guy when he found out about this news, he just the postings like had no damn clue it was hidden that well. And he was one of those guys who was there. Felt like he was there every day working at that stuff and never really showed up. Never really came on his radar that this is what Quackenbush was doing behind the scenes. This is a kind of just deviousness that comes out of this shit. And the worst thing is it wasn't just Quackenbush. It was Icarus, one of his biggest stars. Like, yeah. per- perhaps like the biggest star in all of Chikara. You know, maybe not the biggest person to come out of Chikara, but like of no. all of the people that went in there and stayed, like... He yeah. was the one, which then makes you wonder, hey, yeah. maybe there's a reason he never left. Yeah, maybe there was a bit of a whisper network there that, again, thank God we finally acted on it, but wish it was sooner. Yep, Chikar wrestler Cobalt was also accused. And don't forget that this is all, like, just months after they had to fire Drew Gulak's brother, Rory, because he was accused of assaulting women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Chikara's had been on, like, a break for a while because they just haven't done shit for ages, it feels like, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which, admittedly, Chikara has done this before of, like, taking weird breaks. Mm -hmm. Inexplicably. But it has now come out that, yeah, this is, there will be no return from this break. Chikara is over. Yeah. Yeah. There will never be another Chikara show ever again, and Mike Quackenbush is resigning from WrestleFactory. That's a huge bullet of history of comedy wrestling, and fuck him for having done this all these years. And it's just, and it is, it's a huge blow to what was supposed to be something making wrestling more inclusive and more open for everyone and for new ideas. Yep. Like Just, this is an act. This is an unmitigated disaster. Like mm-hmm. of all of the things on this list, of all like this is to me is like the most painful. Yes, I totally agreed. And I think that this is also a perfect way to trans transition into another one that like is admittedly more personally painful for me than literally anybody else on here. But I feel like. With all the times that I have fucking brought them up and talked about them on this podcast that and and a bunch of stuff on ProWrestling.cool. I mean, fuck. They, this was super, like, this is super formative for me, think, me, how I think about wrestling currently. We need to talk about what's going on at UpRocks. Yep. So, for those that don't know, UpRocks published... The with spandex vertical, uh, they're a pro wrestling vertical run by Brandon Stroud. Um, as part of all this on Thursday, um, and admittedly, this is some stuff that like even I had heard through the Whisper networks, but it definitely came out as true on on Thursday that apparently while he was uh, working as a ring announcer on the Texas Indies. Uh, Brandon Stroud, the editor-in-chief of With Spandex, the writer of the best and worst of Raw, SmackDown, NXT columns, um, came, it came out that 
he had not only stolen nudes from a from a wrestler's phone, but had also had a history of preying on women in locker rooms and trying to coerce them into sex, including uh, indie wrestler Alley Cat, who specifically yeah, who I named think is him. the biggest. Yeah, I was going to say she was the biggest proponent, proponent of throwing him under the damn bus for yes. all the shit he's pulled. Um, yeah. I feel like this is one of the worst kept secrets, too, because I feel like I've heard rumblings about this being a potential issue with him for years now. And I was waiting for something that's to drop on him. Yeah, like it was definitely so. a like I had I had definitely heard first heard this story probably like nine months ago. But it was I guess it's a matter mm-hmm. of like, is this true? I don't even know. And well, it's yeah, definitely true really stepped because up. he mm-hmm. yeah he Allie. commented on it on Thursday with another really shitty apology, which basically. Was pretty much the David Starr apology of, I'm in therapy, I have problems, I've done bad things, I'm sorry, but I'm not actually going to acknowledge the things I did. Yeah, one of these fucking non-apologies, but... Again, keep keep your apologies concise, people. Admit you fucked up. You can do that. And just move on and improve yourself. Don't have to excuse it, just say you fucked up. So it was wrong then it was wrong now. Unsurprisingly, he did not publish his next uh his AEW column on Thursday. Uh which hey should have been a red flag when this all started yep. coming out. Um Friday the nothing has been published on that on Uproxes uh on that vertical since Friday. Uh since someone published uh, the the results for SmackDown. Apparently, Uprox was supposed to make a comment on Monday as to what the future is for the blog and what's going on. They have done absolutely nothing. They have been completely silent. They have given no response whatsoever. Uh, The people, the former contributors to the website, they don't even know what's going on. However, they are apparently all of them were employed on a month to month basis and none of them will be working there for July. And even if they wanted to write things, apparently with the way that that Uproxx is run, only an editor can publish stories uh, that people write. The only editor is Brent Stroud. So it's becoming increasingly clear that with Spandex is dead and not coming back. With all that said, Brandon Stroud has not been removed from Uproxx's masthead. But yeah, he has just he like... has deleted all of his social media presence as of Tuesday. So I, I feel like it's just a matter of time in that case. Just somebody's not gotten around to wiping him out, basically. But the thing that it definitely stands out to me about all this, not, you know, aside from just, yo, fuck this dude and Jesus fucking Christ, like... The thing that really stands out to me is, you know, as I said, this was a, this was a, a fucking column. This was a fucking, this is a fucking site that like was really important, not just to me, not just to my rediscovering my love of wrestling and my way of thinking about wrestling, but in a lot of ways, the content of this fucking website, like mm-hmm. 
the about last night posts that we used to write were basically just me writing the best and worst of Raw, but with my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Like that, the writers that they turned me on to from like Daniel Matheson, David Dennis, Scott Hazel, L. Collins, Emily Pratt, like they had some fucking excellent people there. And again, like they were a column, like that column that he wrote, the best and worst of stuff, like the way that he would fucking explain things, the way that he would fucking like push for like a more empathetic and understanding, like, you know, accepting view of things. It was just, it meant so fucking much to me. And that community that had built around that fucking blog meant so fucking much to me. Cause it was just such a, it, like Chikara, it was such a fucking anomaly and it was such a like seemingly positive force. And it was Built on a fucking liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking heartbreaking. And it's really shitty to see that this is how this fucking community ends. And, like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and say that I'm, you know, look, I feel like from some of the stuff that I had been reading of their content, it felt like even in the, the past few months that I, I had started to feel like maybe the writing was on the wall that, like there wasn't going to be much more time for wrestling content on up rocks. Like I do feel like them shutting down with spandex is probably just a, well, we were thinking about doing this anyway. So this is as good as time as any to just get out just from the desperation. I could feel from some of the stories that they were writing of just like begging you to share it. Like it felt like maybe something was up. And yeah, but, for know. it to end like this just is so fucking painful. Journalism on the internet is really getting fucked over the last five years or so. And God, it would have been bad for it to be a casualty anyways. But then to go out this way, basically saying, hey, yeah, all the positive mountain lies. Yeah. Way to dig the knife in further and twist, Brandon. But if anything, I do want to believe that, like, again, like, the community that you built around there, like, it's a weird thing to say that, like, the fucking comments on, on Uprock, on Wispandix, were actually good. It was like, fuck, it was like the fucking old AV club, but for wrestling. Like, it was actually people being, like, fun and funny and smart and, like, not just fucking shitting on each other all the time. Like, actually having debate, actually having constructive conversations. And, again, like, this is something that we're genuinely going to fucking lose because of this. Yeah, like, that's the only community I've ever heard of in wrestling anywhere that's done that. I've never seen a constructive wrestling community before. This sounds like some sort of, like, El Dorado And it was very small. Like, don't get me wrong. It was not, like, a gigantic community. Although, you know, the fact that that SmackDown post, like, that that fucking SmackDown results post now has fucking, like, 500 comments on it is Mm -hmm. pretty fucking telling, I guess, of how much people genuinely cared about this site. Yeah. But, again, it's just, this is just a fucking shame. This is just a fucking shame. It is. So then we go into WWE. Oh, fuck. 
who of course has had so many fucking accusations for people that work with them. Well, it's because they've got all British wrestling in them. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which is true, you know, when you have, like, half of all the fucking wrestling industry, of course you're going to have a bunch of people accused. But... Well, not that, but basically they destroyed all of British wrestling by absorbing it. Yep. And so, in the past week, we've seen accusations levied against Liguero, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Wolfgang, Joe Coffey, Jack Gallagher, Matt Riddle... And once again, fucking grooming children, a month after we caught him the last time, it's the fucking Velveteen Dream. It's not a coincidence anymore. It's not just a one-off. It is definitely he is a fucking predator. This is a clear and utter pattern. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. There's no ambiguity anymore where people were like, well, he was just asking what wrestling school they went to because the person told them they were 18. Or No. Like, yeah. no, someone posted is... a comment. Or he said, he literally said to a child, fucking is good cardio. Jesus Christ, dude. Not Nothing ambiguous about that. No, that's just gross. And yet, despite the fact that all of these people have had allegations against them, WWE put out a comment on Friday that was, you know, one of their typical comments of basically, you know, these people are responsible for their own actions, we'll investigate, and if, if, you know, if if there is a crime, then we will report to the right of proper authorities and blah, blah, blah. But of all the accusations here, only Jack Gallagher has been released. And it's hard to look at that Jack Alher release and not feel like that this is just a creative has nothing for you and, well, now you're an embarrassment, so it's not even worth paying you to sit around and look like a fucking tiny fucking uh, Conor McGregor. Which, hey, yeah, maybe the fact that he was decided he wanted to be Conor McGregor now should have been a tip-off. Yeah, also, now you're making me think gone sorry there are a couple things that i do want to say i do believe it's not necessarily just a creative has nothing for you as far as why he's the only one released i think that one jack gallagher is the only one that actually admitted to this stuff travis banks completely admitted to it oh i didn't realize travis banks admitted yeah he had Legaro. i think has also kind of admitted to things Legero half admitted, and then he kind of did the same shit that he was accused of being manipulative about. Well, you know, it's actually kind of your fault that you're being abused by me. So, but that said, that said though, one, I feel like as we were kind of saying earlier, they're getting UK small business credits as long as they don't terminate any of their employees during the COVID pandemic. And I bet you that's why a lot of these UK guys are still there, because it'll otherwise, I'd imagine WWE will then, someone will be able to say, hey, they fired me during COVID. And And not to give WWE credit, but, you know, I guess they do have to 
I, I guess they do have to to hold off when on when two people, i.e., Jordan Devlin and Matt Riddle, have vehemently denied a, both of these accusations levied against them, uh, and have and have lawyered, lawyered up. up. Yes, they they have lawyered up. Yeah, which you know that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't do it, and like. There is some talk, like, some people have definitely said that there is some definite credibility to those Matt Riddle claims. And Yeah, he's other... trying his best to try and spread some chaff there, but I think it's, like, it, there's too much that he's already in, directly interacted with. The other thing, as much as I hate to say it, it almost feels like WWE wants to avoid an Enzo situation where all of a sudden they get a bunch of bad PR when those charges are dropped, and people are now saying, you ruined this guy's career for nothing. Even though, fuck Enzo, and yeah, fuck Enzo. just because charges are dropped... Yeah, fuck Enzo. Just because charges are dropped doesn't mean you didn't do it, but WWE did suffer publicity from people saying, you ruined a man's career over a fake accusation, and... Yeah, two points to that. Actually, one point to Gallagher and one point to Enzo while we're talking about that. Something I really want to stress in all of this because you get this rhetoric all the time with these kind of accusations of, well, you know, they're innocent until proven guilty. That is a court of law thing. Innocent until proven guilty is something we put in our legal system to ensure that any punishments that are meted out, which oftentimes involve jail, involve monetary losses, things of that nature— are simply done without any doubt whatsoever. And so we start with innocence and move on to, you know, and have to prove guiltiness. That is law. That does not have anything to do with court of opinion, with public opinion, or anything like that. You do not have to assume he's guilty and have to prove, or assume he's innocent and have to prove he's guilty to anybody. If you see something that says flat out, this motherfucker is guilty, you don't have to go out and dig into other connections on that. You can flat out assume the fucker's guilty. Like, just to be clear about that, there is no innocent till proven guilty in public opinion, nor does there need to be. Exactly. So, it's not the same level of punishment. So, always keep that in the back of your head whenever you're hearing this sort of thing, and that just goes out to general audience, because you're going to hear those people try and say that sort of thing, and they're full of shit. Yep. That said, Galher, I'm going to be very cynical about him, and say, I think he wanted to go do MMA, but didn't have a good chance to get his release and this would be a great way for him to just get out. Yeah, I did it. Can you fire me now? Or otherwise work his way out. Because he just flat out has said repeatedly, especially if he follows Instagram stories like, yeah, I kind of just want to do MMA now. Which explained, again, the Conor McGregor bullshit. And the horrible tattoos. Yeah, that too. But also, will any MMA company touch him? Bellator, Japan. Are they the? Are, are and they Japan. the? Is Bellator like the impact of MMA? I mean, they literally had <laughs> yes. fucking Impact champion Bobby Lashley do MMA fights for them. It, it's actually hilarious because that's the perfect comparison for him. It's hard to say where any of these WWE things go, because I I would not be surprised if, look, we've been talking about it privately, but I also would not be surprised if this could be signaling the end of NXT UK with everything going on there. 
Yep, I think it's just. Good. I think Oscar's got a great point. They're probably going to wait until those uh, credits die dry up a little bit for uh, COVID stuff, or you know, anything where they could possibly lose him um, in a way that would hurt the books, hurt the shareholders, and that sort of thing. And then once they're clear, free and clear to cut them all, they'll do so. And British wrestling will be really fucked up, even more so than it already is. Yep. And I don't know. As for the other three, though. Like, Matt Riddle's clearly fine. Like, they, they've they been pushing him on SmackDown. It's apparently WWE has always known about these allegations. They don't care. They yeah. believe Matt Riddle. Jordan I understood Dev- this not as WWE knew about the accusations, more a case of WWE, Matt Riddle had informed them. Yeah, I have this crazy stalker. You know, which is kind of the story he'd been trying to pass off. I'd understood that as that's the thing he had informed WWE about. Not necessarily, I have this I have this crazy stalker making sexual abuse allegations or whatever. Just, hey, if you see this woman, watch out. Okay, that that's a good clarification. I, I did not know that. that. That's good to know. And as you said, Jordan Devlin has also lawyered up the the person that made the accusations has since deleted the tweets so who knows what that means like for maybe that means that it wasn't real but maybe that means that they were intimidated into silence but it's hard to argue with the fact that there are pictures yeah the pictures are the most damning of all like bruises and shit pictures yeah. of physical abuse it apparently was... caused by jordan devlin mm-hmm and, I mean, I don't even know when it comes to Velveteen Dream. Is he is he fucking untouchable at this point? Apparently, are they just gonna are they just gonna do it again? Where they're just gonna put him on ice for like a month or two, and then he'll come back, and nothing will be different? I feel I like mean, that's kind of recklessness. Of th- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's kind of recklessness that WWE's kind of doubled down into with a lot of the wrestlers. Is like, yeah, we're they're, they're guilty, whatever, we're going to keep using them. What are you going to do about it? I feel like he's very much a case of this is Triple H's pet project. And, yeah. you know, unless it becomes irrefutable in the sense of he actually gets charged with something... Is it cynical for me to think the only reason it might affect him is because seemingly he's grooming underage boys? Sadly, no, I don't think that seems about right for. No, that's pretty WWE par for the course. For like, he would have been gone under those circumstances if it weren't for Darren Young back in the day. Yeah. Yep. But hey, we'll we'll see what happens with WWE, although, as I feel like we already know is going to happen, don't count on them really doing anything until it becomes financially advantageous nope. for them. Yep. They're a publicly traded company, folks. That's the shit they pull. We've seen it already this year. It's not going to get better. I almost feel like the lack of crowds is working to their advantage in this situation, and you're not just 
getting the smarky fucking full sail crowd chanting like pedo at Velveteen Dream now. Or ask or just that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. What's your high school? Or like Matt Riddle's big SmackDown debut potentially now isn't being derailed by people upset that it happened the fucking day that all the allegations came out. Yeah. Honestly, the court of public opinion through audience reaction is unfortunately beneficial to all of this. Yeah. Just not getting any action taken on it. Yep. All right. Before we go into the absolute worst of the worst, I feel like we need to acknowledge one more company that had a response that was just fucking baffling. Yeah, this was the weirdest response, and I'm really kind of personally angry about it, given it's Pacific Northwest Indie. Did y'all see this ECCW fucking thing? Yeah. Sure did. Do you have any idea what they're fucking talking about? I looked up some stuff, and I heard something about a wrestler named Natch, but I don't know what that means. It looks like they had one wrestler like that that had been accused, but they didn't say they got rid of him. They said, we dealt with the affected parties or something to that generic-ass nature to where, yeah, they aren't naming names, but they say they've dealt with them. So how the fuck are we supposed to know if you don't say who it is or who you're dealing with? You have to give names. Especially, this is super important to me because they are like a breath away from another indie organization I was um, a huge I'm a huge fan of if it ever comes back, three two one battle. That's Aubrey Edwards home um, where she still referees if it again if it comes back because before COVID broke out, they had temporarily shut down as well because they had a sexual um, allegation come out that was basically perpetrated by a protection network at the very top and those people were agreed to step down and get the hell out of the company and other people would step up in their absence. But are these the same people who are maybe perpetrating shit like that in ECCW? Or do we know? Do you have any clue? Because those wrestlers could be coming down in 3 to one battle, could be coming down to Defy, could be coming down anywhere else, and you aren't saying shit. I mean, just looking at... Just looking at their statement on Twitter and reading the responses, it sure seems like there's a lot of people that, a lot of wrestlers in the Pacific Northwest that refuse to work for ECCW because it seems like Natch might not be the only problem in the company. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. And it, honestly, it's been a huge issue that like it's been a struggle. I know in the Seattle area, it's like finding organizations that you can have indie wrestling in that aren't complete scum like defies like one of the few beacons of light out there three to one battle was supposed to be and it wasn't and i just and like there's, like there's a lot of them out there go on sorry i was just gonna say i i just like to highlight everything that you said here i would just like to read the complete statement Please do. ECCW has been closely following the hashtag speaking out movement and supports those that have come forward. We were made aware of allegations involving certain members of our promotion. Those members have been removed. We believe that wrestling should be a safe space for everyone and look forward to positive changes in the industry. We will have no further comment on the matter. Which, to everything you said, 
How can we really believe that you've actually done what needs to be done when you're not saying the people that you've taken care of, when you're not saying, like, who's been removed, what you're doing, what actions are going? You're just giving some pablum about, like, oh, we think that it should be safe and we want it to be positive. And then you say, we're not going to talk about this anymore. Well, again, how are we going to be able to trust that you've actually done what needs to be done if you're saying we're not going to talk about it? Yeah, you have to name the names. You have to make sure that every other promotion in the area doesn't work with them. Otherwise, they're just going to crawl somewhere else and spread their shit. And it so just makes thing... and it just makes you wonder if it's something like, hey, it just makes you wonder if it's something, you know, to talk about other things that have come up this week. It makes you wonder if it's like Cards Against Humanity where, hey, they've gotten rid of Max Temkin. He's not there anymore. He's still an owner and he still makes money off of the shit they do. Well, he so sure I does. can tell you who I can tell you who Natch is, and it's Jeff Duncan, who is a part owner of ECCW, and apparently ECCW has been aware of allegations against him for years. Jesus, and hey, like if he's not gonna be if he, if he's not gonna be in the day to day operations anymore, then great. But if he's still gonna be allowed to keep his ownership stake how can anyone really believe that anything will change precisely like that is the one positive thing that progress did with their statement that they put out earlier today was they made very clear that the the two people the that were running things are fucking gone Mm -hmm. no connection whatsoever they they were very specific in there is no financial connection there is no managerial connection there is no any connection they have they will have nothing to do with this company ever again mm-hmm. and how can we believe that with the, with the CCW right right and, and to be clear I'm just want to point something out to go back to ECCW like yeah a lot of people might have agreed not to work that league. That organization, because of these allegations, that's fine. But there were still a lot of really talented wrestlers that were working up there that I want to make sure that they're not part of these accusations because they'll drift right back down here and work other organizations and fuck things up. I'm talking people like Artemis Spencer, like the Voros twins, like Daniel Maccabe. Like, fuck, El Fantasma worked there at one point. Um, And then you've got, like, Ravenous Randy Myers, who is, like, a freaking icon around this area for some of the shit he's pulled. Um, Sonico. Um, Then you got, like, and it's probably not one of the ladies, but you've got, like, people like Christina Von Erie and the Halt sisters. Like, there's a lot of fucking people who work up there still that just honestly give names if you're going to say this. Because I don't want them, if there's someone I've seen before, ever coming back down to work defy or three to one battle should have returned just makes me angry yep but the worst thing about it all is that for as god fucking awful as this statement that eccw put out was it is better Mm -hmm. than what a bunch of other companies have done ring of honor has said absolutely nothing about the fact that they're fucking one of their head bookers, one of their top stars in Marty Skrull has admitted to having sex with a 16 year old while she was drunk. Let's be clear about this. 
because there's a lot of blowback. Like, well, she was legal at that time. Don't you understand it? That's perfectly fine. No, he was training her before she was legal, which to me sounds a fuck of a lot like he could be grooming her. Yep. And And not only that, after having a drunken sexual encounter, he texted her dad and apologized. There's proof of this on the internet. Father. Like, don't give me the bullshit of, well, it's objectively legal, so fuck that shit. This is not okay on any moral standard. And if you I think mean, it is, it then is... maybe you're the creep. It, it's worth mentioning, in the UK, they have, you know, they have added new laws about how a, t- a coach is not allowed to sleep with a trainee until they're 18 because you know mm. because it is a power dynamic thing because hey even though the UK has some weird age of consent being 16 laws which may which maybe leads to some newspapers printing nude photos of 16 year olds in their newspapers Fuck. but you know don't worry it's cool it's british tradition Ugh. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yep. But, but at least know. good the coach-trainer dynamic exists, because I didn't yeah, know about that. that. That's, well, yes. that's, that's something that they are either have just added or are in the process of adding. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I'm not sure, considering that this happened, this incident apparently happened in 2015, that, like, yeah. it might not necessarily, yeah. there might be a statute of limitations thing for here. But here's the thing. Yeah. Even if we're going to ignore the fact that, like, if, even if we're going to ignore the fact that she was drinking, even if we're going to ignore the fact that, like, she was being trained by him, if we're just, even if we're just going to completely focus on the fact of, like, well, she was 16, that means that she was legal. If you're really sitting here trying to justify how it's okay that a 26-year-old man had sex with a 16-year-old, what in the actual fuck is wrong with you? Yes. Yeah. This is a 10-year-older man. This is an actual adult preying upon a child. And the fact that fucking Marty's statement basically boils down to the technically it's ephebophilia defense. You know, yeah. the fact that he, the fact it's... that he keeps pointing out like this is technically legal what I did. Yeah, Marty's response sucked. I know other way to say it, it just sucked. It's it is awful, and it just shows that he is completely fucking unrepentant about it. Yep, absolutely. Which it's yeah. which again is fucking disgusting when you read those, especially when you read those fucking Facebook messengers that he sent to her, her fucking father. Yeah, it it's just he is so full of shit right now that I, yeah, he's he's a disgusting man. And Ring of Honor has said nothing. It's it's also worth noting being the elite took down the Joey Ryan shit. They have done nothing about Marty Skrull. 
Right, and there is a very clear sign when they will because they've dedicated they dedicated an episode way back when to when they switched over from Adam Cole to Marty Skrull. Yeah, that's still there in the Bullet Club. It's still there. I saw it this morning. So until that changes, uh, I guess you've got the elites' response to it as well. They still love their brother Marty, the goddamn just gigantic creep he is. Yep. Yep. Fuck Ring of Honor for not doing anything. You cannot be right. silent. Speaking of people that are being silent, of course, we have all the allegations that have come out about Will Ospreay and Bea Priestley. And I know that you want to talk about yep. this, Oscar, so have the fuck at. Um, yeah, so Will Ospreay and... So Will Ospreay's friend was accused of sexual assault by another female British wrestler, Pollyanna. Yes, Pollyanna. Who has since gone on, who has since gone on to claim that, yeah, Will Ospreay stood up for his friend and used his power to, and him and B Priestley used their powers and influence in Brit rests to functionally blackball her. And yeah, then, and... And then this was confirmed afterwards by one of the wrestling companies saying... Well, first yeah, uh, first Osprey put out a statement where he very much was like, I, I, I didn't do that. I couldn't even do that if I wanted to. There, there's no way that I have this. I could never. I could never do that. And also, I mean, she quit wrestling anyway. Now, it was even worse than Marty's statement. Yeah, he took noting. no responsibility whatsoever. Like, On Marty at least tried 17th, to take responsibility while fucking, you know, trying to basically be like, but it, I, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Exactly. On but November, November 17th, 17th, Oscar. 2017, Will Ospreay made a tweet about, about, yeah, the tweet saying, think it's disgusting people can use social media to accuse people of sexual assault. More than a handful of people know the real you. Trying to use your position to isolate and assault someone is pathetic. Which he then deleted. But this is bait. But this was around the time that Pollyanna and B. Priestley were having were having a feud. At which time we didn't know much. Of, we didn't know much about what happened. But it's come out that yeah, the fact that Pollyanna and B. Priestley had their issue, and then Pollyanna accuses Will Ospreay's friend. They they basically conspired to get Pollyanna out of the business. Yep. Yep. Like, Will Ospreay has been, like, in Bea Priestley's corner and vice versa, so I'm sure they work together to get Pollyanna the fuck out. Yeah. And even more so with that one organizer's letter, like you're talking about, or a message on Twitter. Yeah. International Wrestling League, which is a UK indie, they just said... Yeah, they put out a statement saying, We've been trying to put something decent together, but fuck that. Let's call a spade a spade. Shortly after announcing Pollyanna versus Renfrew, we got a message from the venue asking asking us to call them to discuss something. And then they po And, uh... Yeah. The call went something like, Will's our boy and feels uncomfortable working with you, with, with you, bo- with you booking Pollyanna. 
I told them I wasn't going back on my word with Polly, but would not book her going forward. That wasn't an option. The option was unbook Polly or lose the venue. First show there. Apologies to Pollyanna, who, despite fighting a one-sided, was always professional. To Will Osprey, go fuck yourself in your half-arsed apologies. Yep. And to her credit, they did post like a message of them saying we had to cancel you from the show because of this and her response was indeed short but professional mm-hmm. fuck will osprey like he's another person who at this point can just stay out of wrestling he's not needed anymore yep and yet yeah. rev pro has said absolutely nothing new japan has said absolutely nothing as far as Priestley goes yeah. aew which you know as we pointed out she hasn't been there in a fucking while, so who knows if she's even really still working with them. But stardom, well, I mean, of Will course. Osprey hasn't been with New Japan in a while. True. That's because he's know, trapped in the UK. Yeah, they're both just trapped in the UK. B. Priestley was working with AEW until this all shut down. I will note that B. Priestley is still shown on AEW's roster list. I don't know if that Mm. will last because, I mean, when you got history of this and the fact that she, on her first kick towards Britt Baker, concussed her pretty blatantly, I don't think she's going to amount to much for AEW. And I think they'd have every right to take this as the initiative to get her the fuck out of that league and find some actual good women wrestlers. Yep. But as we said... AEW, Stardom, New Japan, RevPro, they have all said absolutely nothing. Another company, another person that New Japan is saying nothing about, but has been credibly accused of shit, Chase Owens! God, do you think he'd be someone they could cut out real quick? Yeah. Like... Not only were we better streamers than Chase Owens, we're better people than yeah. him. It's fucking crazy. Like, it's just... Fucking what asshole. is it going to fucking take for, for New Japan to actually finally care about this shit? And it's funny, because if, if it was someone who was Japanese, and I don't mean to take this in a racist tone, but if it was someone who was in Japan who did this kind of shit, they'd probably get kicked out immediately. Because it's a foreigner. Oh, hey, wacky gaijin. We're probably just going to let them stand and hope none of it actually affects our local people because it's just them being the stupid, mean foreigners. And I mean, hey, none of it happened in Japan, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, again, like we talked about before, think about what they fucking did to Taichi for cheating on his wife. Yeah, he got kicked out of wrestling for, like, quite a few years. And then reemerged as the Holy Emperor, which we now pray for. But he had to atone for that shit. I mean, I guess, I remember we were talking a few months ago where, and I was, you know, could this also just be a part of, eh, whatever, Will Ospreay, he's a small guy, he's got a ceiling anyway, so, you know, it's not like, it's not like it really matters, he's not a heavyweight, he's not Mm -hmm. a big star. But, he, he is a heavyweight now, though. Oh, and he, he is, he, he's he's technically heavyweight now. He is no longer, he can't do junior heavyweight. He's too big now. 
He's actually bulked up. And he is basically their Kenny Omega now. Shit. So, yeah, they, they're they riding on him now to be the Gaijin representative, essentially. I had not realized that he was that big in New Japan. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason he basically, to get that role, he had to commit to moving to Japan and living there, which is why he did that with B. And I guess one other place that I do want to go into before we go uh, go away with all this, you know, there, of course, if you want to know about all the fucking people that have been allocated, there are, there are many resources out there that you can look up uh, to find, you know, a complete list and complete things. Like, of course, we're not going to get into all the two brute wrestling people, but I do want to say two more here. Um, first, more allegations came out about Bram. And after what we fucking know he did to Charlotte Flair, like, it is inconceivable to me that he has been allowed to fucking continue to be allowed in this fucking industry. Like, I don't remember the well, last he time he was doing shit. Multi year deal with Impact Wrestling. Like, I don't remember the last time he was doing shit with fucking NWA, but like, having him do shit for NWA. Real fucking bad look. And especially now that more allegations have come out about the shit that he's done. Which, of course he did. He fucking beat the shit out of Ashley Flair. Yeah. Honestly, it's... I'm very surprised. Or actually, no. I think he should consider himself lucky that Ric Flair has never had enough money to do anything about him. Because Ric Flair kind of spends all his money on shit. Otherwise, I think Rick would have hired someone to kill him. Yeah, and I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't, of course, touch upon our favorite friend, Jim Cornette. And I know that you have some thoughts about this Oscar because some things definitely have come out about the allegations about Jim Cornette so that maybe you can best speak to. I listened to the Jim Cornette experience on Monday out of self-hate, we know. Sheer... <laughs> well, I listened to it because... So this, come, this comes on the heels of Dave Meltzer was saying, yeah, the Jim Cornette allegations are not necessarily the thing that people are making them out to be. And... Oh, really? I will say, I, there is a thing about this that, one, the the person that made the allegations has now, you know, there's some shit about where they had made a bunch of tweets immediately before the allegations about how I'm going to use Photoshop to ruin someone's life and... Which has cast a huge shadow over all the allegations. And the Jim Cornette podcast on Monday was a very long and graphic description of Jim Cornette's sex life. Oh, great. 
exactly what I want to hear that is about. The most disturbing thing. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And Jim Cornette Ooh. confirms that yes, I am a cuck. And oh god damn it. He confirms that yes, the way, you know, and and look, if you there yeah, he confirms that like yeah, there was there was definitely some consensual sex between me and some other or between my wife and some other wrestlers that I had enjoyed. And hmm. again, it's a fascinating podcast if you want to get in-depth details on Jim Cornette's cucking fetish. Never in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode of The Dark Side of the Ring that I never wanted. But, um... Oh, yeah, go on, Oscar. <laughs> it is It is worth mentioning, no one in OVW at the time has confirmed any has confirmed or corroborated any stories. And from what I can understand, a lot of this happened post his time in OVW. There wasn't necessarily a wrestler or a train or a coach trainee dynamic power play issue here. See, I Jim Cornette is just Sorry, oh, I was going to say that I heard that there was a possibility that 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 did still there, and that he might have like kind of admitted that like you know there may have been one or two instances of that. But if if you know more, then it's, tell me. It, the thing is, I it's hard to it's hard to say. He he basically he admitted to everything legal in the allegations. And vehemently denied the illegal sexual abuse parts of it. Uh. Um, it, I hate to say it, it, I, it comes, and this might bite me in the ass. There's a lot to hate Jim Cornette for. I, th- I don't think this is one of them. I think Jim Cornette is just a man with a with a bunch of very interesting fetishes that he was very happy to share. Oh God! And I guess here's hope for that. Worse. But I guess the thing that I still come down to is, I if there is ever a single instance in which he used his fucking influence, his fucking power as an OVW as you know a big person on OVW to get people or maybe even convince people that worked for him to fuck his wife there is still a power dynamic in play there that cannot be ignored yes mm-hmm. i and, and i agree with you that there is a power dynamic thing this I think, unfortunately, power the power dynamic stuff always leads into very muddy waters at a certain point of what counts as consensual, because different people will have different opinions on that. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I will just I will just say straight up that like, it, if there is a power dynamic, it is never consensual. It cannot be. It cannot be consensual. 
because there is always I don't disagree because I'm much. I'm just gonna be straight up. Even if you always like even even if you say like oh no, there's gonna be no like repercussions here. Like you can't know that for certain. You can't like you can't even if the person even if fucking Jim. Cornette literally believed like oh if they don't want to fuck my wife it's fine I'm not going to fucking hold it against them at all like if you're the wrestler like the wrestler in question how are you going to know that how are you re- truly going to be able to believe that mm-hmm. yeah every action from then on has a different tint to it yeah I did see some people pointing out as well and I find it hard to disagree with this point that, you know, hey, given how vocal someone like Batista is, who was in OVW at the time, it's not like it's not like Batista isn't isn't vocal about um, injustices and isn't aware of what's going on in the wrestling world. The fact that someone like him or and no one really in OVW in, in, around that time has come out to say things. It leaves it too much. I'm not, and I'm not saying Cornette is innocent here. It's just, unfortunately, again, like there's been no other corroborators and it really sucks that the person making the accusations has since had those tweets come out about, I'm going to ruin someone's life using Photoshop. And it, it puts a cloud over the whole thing. You're right. And it, it's hard to ignore that. But mm-hmm. also, I do think that, like, to your point, like, just the fact that, like, yeah, like, Batista didn't see anything. John Cena didn't see anything. Randy Orton didn't see anything. Like, I don't – I just want to make clear that I don't think that oh, that's yeah. necessary. That's not necessarily – like a sign of anything because you know again it could be like with joey ryan it could be like with david Starr. of this motherfucker knows that he can't do this to the people that wwe really cares about that they're sending down to him to like season if it's people that he finds like what the fuck are they gonna do like that it's just some nobody that never made it i mean look as well as much as i hate to say it if there was, if there was shit around Cornette doing real illegal shit, you know Vince Russo would have said something about it years ago. In some shooting, if he knew, if he knew, if he knew a way to get at him, yeah, true. So again, I cannot say I recommend listening to the Jim Cornette experience, where he oh discusses. I won't yeah never. But, like, you want to you want to do your I, cuck I, shit. I can't say it's not an. Sorry, go no, ahead. Go on. No, go on. Ask it. I'm just saying, I can't say I wasn't minorly entertained. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck about Jim Cornette's sex life. He wants to do whatever the fuck makes him and his wife happy. Go to fucking town, dude. You have yourself a good old fucking time. I don't want to fucking hear about it. And I don't want to hear you fucking talk about how, oh, people are just mad at me because I have an interest in sex life. But, like, hey, man, do you live your best life? You fucking earned it being an old, dumb, racist wrestling carny. But, like, again, mm-hmm. there's a fuck. There's always going to be a fucking power dynamic there. 
if, yeah. if you're yeah. the fucking booker. As much as I want to booker and trying this shit. Yeah, no matter how much I want to think about the amusement of Heath Slater being thrust into this situation, it's yeah, there's the actual power dynamic. I will also say Jim Cornette's tweet in response to it was not good. What Morning all Imagine my surprise. I know that my name has been involved in everything because it gets attention. But I'm too busy running a pizza parlor from the basement of my pedophile ring to make any Twitter groups, and there's 700 fake accounts famous today. <sighs> Fuck you, Tim Cornette. fucking horrible. Yeah. Again, it is the Enzo. It is the Enzo thing of, hey, just because legally maybe you might have been in the right. Your response to this is not helping matters. No. Get in the trebuchet, son. We're going to the sun with you. It is the fucking tweet equivalent of consensual penis. Sounding like we need to buy Jim Cornette a bus ticket to bring him up to Central Park. (laughs) Here we go. Still on. I mean, look, Uh, you can't stop us. I'm going to play some hardball. This is fucking Chris horrible. Matthews, Jim Cornette. Yeah, yes. it is. It's all fucking horrible. This is the one I can feel like it makes the most light of, but even then. As he said, he's been charged with having an interesting sex life. Fuck you, Jim Cornette. Yeah. I don't want a no, sex life again, like that. As much as as much as I am gritting my teeth and I hate the fact that I'm almost sounding like I'm somewhat defending him. God, you make it so fucking hard, Jim Cornette. Yep. But that's kind of all of wrestling right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's hard to look at any of this shit, and, like, it's hard to, to look at this and know, yeah, there's a lot of good shit happening. Like, fuck, it was a pretty damn good episode of Dynamite tonight. But who fucking cares? Yeah, I didn't like it so oh, much. Okay. I enjoyed and it. Yeah, I don't fucking care. The final segment, I just laid down on the couch and went to sleep. I did the Orange Cassidy. Fair. I mean, that's uh, what yeah. wrestling makes us want to do. And admittedly, that's yeah. what wrestling's made us want to do for the past four months. It's just been... It's gotten worse Watching worse. a slow-motion car wreck over and over again and just getting more and more upset and frustrated and angry and just this is insufferable like this is unacceptable in all capacities we're supposed to be the posi podcast and we can't be because of what's going on here because there's literally nothing to be positive about it's impossible to be positive right now and quite frankly like to be positive right now is to be willfully ignoring everything that's happening around you yeah and it's to be complicit in it and yeah which i guess is the perfect segue to to talk about the fact that so for those that haven't been to the the website this week uh i published a post on 
Monday announcing our plans for the website for the immediate future, which is that after we finish uh, our next week of podcasts, we are going to be taking a break. We're tired. We're burned out. We're not enjoying this. Like, this is supposed to, you know, as I said in the post there, this is the thing that we do for fun. This is the thing that we do to hang out and blow off steam and have a good time. And it's just making us fucking miserable. The state of wrestling is And the thing misery. is, too, is we can... Yeah, go on. That's all. It's misery, and we could call it out. We could call all this stuff out on a weekly basis. But frankly, there are other people who are calling us out more directly and more effectively than we can and we are equipped to handle. Yeah. So, like John said in the article on the site, the reason why we can't just continue doing this is because we're supposed to be the ones that are making light of this stuff. And if we're not, then we're just calling out stuff that other people are doing a way better job of calling out. And I'd rather you listen to their voices than ours. Because constantly I'm going through these discussions and saying, what can we add to this that actually makes it helpful to anyone? Yeah. And... The answer is that we've we've taken a long and hard look at what we're doing right now. And the answer is that, like, we can't add anything. Like, the best thing that we can do right now is take a step back, let all of this happen, and either we choose to come back when either we can do what we do and it makes sense and it's not just fucking taking the conversation away from what needs to be talked about. Or we can find a way where we can have the language, we can have the tools to really move things forward and really push things forward. But to be able to do that, we're going to have to listen. Yep. And we're all going to have to do that I work. Just Not just a... us, but everybody out there, too. <laughs> I also just have a quick uh, update that came while we were recording this. Renee Young has confirmed on her Twitter that she has COVID-19. All right. Well, I guess that that Brian Cage match is off. Probably off, yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do there. if the match goes on, it will be the most irresponsible thing AEW has done. Yep. Honestly, the best thing you could do at this point, and people are going to hate me saying this, not either of you, I don't think, but I think anybody else who'd hear this, John Moxie should forfeit the title to Brian Cage. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. I think that's the only way to really be safe. But, hey, let's be honest. We won't know, or, you know, we will know, but we won't be able to tell you because when that episode happens, there will not be a heel alternative. So here's the plan. This Friday... Oscar and I are bringing you the next Casual Friday, our next episode of Ruthless Aggression, the RuPaul podcast. Next Wednesday, we will have one more heel alternative for you, episode 37, where, Trace, I know you've got something special planned. We're not going to talk about it yet. So, well, I do want to say one thing about it right now. Like, we've had some jokes around here that feel like have been a little inside baseball. Like, I joke about Rehost Pizzeria and we all start laughing and if you're listening to podcast you might not know why other than it's kind of a Pizzagate reference but there's a little more to it than that and I think if we're gonna stop being funny about this stuff which I think we should I should just get out my biggest conspiracy theory and lay it on the table 
and I'll do that next week. Trace is going to make the case, and we're going to be here to, to shepherd it along, which will all be the great build-up to the final thing that we will be putting out for a while. Ladies and gentlemen, it's finally coming. This year's Independence Day Americana Spectacular, as it was, Teddy Cast Countdown to Prison. A fucking story perfectly representative of the times in which we live. If there's any podcast to listen to, it should be this one. I am so excited for Teddy Cast. We ha- that's going to be the strongest case, and that one, unlike my conspiracy theory, has legitimate and pervasive evidence all around it. There is so much. John, I remember John going over some of it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that lost, the lost version of this is a very long thing of me going over a bunch of evidence with Oscar and us just being fucking horrified and not knowing what to say. So, clearly, mm. you know, if anything, like, that episode is is perfect proof of the fact that, like, we're kind of not equipped for what's going on right now, but I'm still going to try and find some way to to make this as good as I can for all of you. And this will be the note that we go out on until at least Labor Day. And then, you know, around Labor Day, we'll figure out, you know, what this fucking show needs to be, what this fucking site needs to be, what this fucking industry even is. Because for God's sake, we don't know. For all we know, it's going to, like, COVID-19 is just going to shut down this entire fucking thing for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. It's very possible. With that regard, even if they do go forward with it in a time frame that we could possibly cover it, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say I probably, with almost 100% certainty, will not be covering the G1 Supercard at its length like I have the last two years. I think it starts after Labor Day this year, but even if it doesn't, like, there's no reason to cover it like that. Yeah. So, And also, we will still be doing... The stuff we don't actually talk about in the podcast are a little Fortnite stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you... You can hear us talk wrestling still. Yeah, it won't be professional, and it'll usually be between cries about, why aren't you people fucking paying attention to being shot here? Which is usually me whining because y'all get into good conversations and I bitch and moan because, you know, I want to kill the men's. Good conversations is a uh, stretch. Yeah, usually it's just me going, They're conversations. I don't know, there's this thing that I saw on the internet once. Yeah, there's a guy's written errors, there's guys written errors, what are you doing? Stop talking about drag race, there's people written errors. Earth hey, West. Sometimes we talk about Robocop. God damn it, I don't want to hear Robocop, he's a narc. I, I did get bent out of shape when he started talking about Robocop. I know, I, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. You could hear me get bent out of shape in of Angry Gamer moments. Yeah, check out the Sparksman. Angry Gamer moments means something very different, though. <laughs> yeah, actually, in, in total seriousness. Um, but yeah, there's a chance, I guess, we'll move those potentially to Wednesdays. Yeah, we're, we're going to... F- instead of the Thursdays, because yeah. we can't... We, we might still do it Thursdays. We're, we're going to figure it out. My, my friends maybe want to play Final Fantasy XII on, on Wednesdays now, so... If I'm gonna be vi- oh shit, in case we'll do it yeah. If I'm gonna yeah. be video shaming that, then probably it'll just be me on Wednesday night. But point is, yeah, Trace is gonna have a bunch of shit. I'm gonna do some weird shit. Oscars, you gonna play more Sonic 06? 
I might. If they don't call me back to work. Owen might go back on Twitter. Or uh, Twitch, rather. Why? I don't know. Oh. Well, he's not going to be a mixer, that's for damn sure. Sorry, I, I was going to be like, why is Owen going back on Twitter? I don't know, but... Oh, well, that's the question we're all asking. I mean, yes, definitely. The point is, though, just check twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. We'll still have content for you, unless we, you know, need to continue to yes. black out Twitch, because fuck Twitch. Yeah, like, this, today, we're by, I think I said earlier, we're not streaming on Twitch, because, yeah, blackout, support people who are speaking out against a bunch of really fucked up partners. Which Twitch has now said they will permanently ban, probably, eventually. We're looking into it. Maybe. Someone's gotta fucking do something. Yeah. About all this shit. Yeah. The power imbalance in the world in general is really, really fucked up right now. Sure is. It sure fucking is. Where can we find y'all? Uh, you can find me uh, Twitter at PSEG. I can't do shit about your power. Sorry. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Twitch stuff. I'll do that next week when we're not in a blackout. Um, but that's it. Oh, Saga the Great on Twitter. I'm John Gabrightsky Maxwell. Find me on, on Twitter at IamJohnGM and, and Instagram at IamJohnGM. I, I don't actually post anything on either of those except for, I guess, retweeting owen fucking tweeting the article that i wrote on pwc which is the first thing that i tweeted in like three months so there you go if you really want to follow me i don't do anything social media is bad yeah it's filled with people doing horrible apologies that they don't actually mean i've made like 10 tweets this year and they've all either been promoting my Final Fantasy stream or me posting old episodes of Takes Bakeries about Persona 4. It's a good tweet. I like that tweet. Of course, if you want to... F- I, oh, where are you saying, Oscar? I'm just saying, we're definitely on a list for that episode. <laughs> we're on many lists for many episodes we've done, unfortunately. Y'all... Yeah. You want to keep up to date with us? Check out prowrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. It's the website. Go to the website. Other things that I say. Patreon.cool if you really want to give us money. I mean, you know, we're going to go on a break for a bit. So, and then when we come back, we're going to probably rethink everything about this entire website. So, if you don't want to give us money, understood. But if you do, world's changing. Take it, I guess. Do something good with it, probably. Yeah, I'll get I'll get Owen to donate it to someone. Yeah, for sure. But until next week, this has been episode thirty-six of Heel Alternative, the interim official podcast of Pro Wrestling. Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. We'll see you next week, y'all, with what will undoubtedly be some fucked up shit. It's going to be the most slanderous episode we've ever had. I can respect that in the same old voice to me, you.
This podcast is brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.